Hey, Cross Trainers, Donnie P here. Uh, yeah, just from Cross Trainers Online. And uh, welcome. It's uh, Sunday the 5th of June and it's Pentecost Day. And uh, what an awesome day. Uh, far out, you know, God is so good. And just the presence of the Holy Spirit is really tangible, you know. Uh, it's it's just amazing Um what the Holy Spirit's been doing of late, what he has done and what he will continue to do. And um, I personally am just so grateful for his presence, you know, part of the the triune Godhead. And I'm just really grateful that he's here with us. He he will never leave us or forsake us. uh, And neither will the other uh, two personages of the God, uh, Godhead, the father and uh, the son. Um, but wow, you know what a what a great day at church, and yeah, God's really speaking to us uh, through His Holy Spirit, and um, yeah, I, I'm just very grateful for the presence of the Holy Spirit. So we welcome you, Holy Spirit. We're just really grateful that you're with us and that that you're here, and we celebrate the fact that you came and that you're just doing a great work uh, with us and through us and leading us on until we meet Jesus face to face. So, yeah, we're, we're just very grateful. So today, um, I just, a lot of stuff has been going through my mind um, in terms of garments that, that we put on and what Scripture says about the garments that we're, we're clothed with and what God wants us to be clothed with. And um, I'll, I'll just relate a bit of my own personal story Uh I'm the only <laughs> the the only male in a house of uh, well usually two women now because one's gone off and gotten married and uh, we're really happy about the fact that she's married and is with a great guy and they're a great little family and it's just awesome to see what God's doing there but sometimes there's three women in the house but normally only two now uh, but I'm the only male and. I have no fashion bones in my body whatsoever. I'm just like not interested in fashion. I don't care and I'm not into labels or any any of that stuff. I just couldn't couldn't care less and I don't go near the shops not because I'm a chauvinist and I you know want to put that on my wife or whatever, but I'm just yeah, I'm just not a shopping sort of a dude. Um yeah, so I've uh, been known <laughs> known to go out in apparently hideous uh, looking outfits and, you know, makes the girls cringe. And um, it didn't bother me for a little while, but then I thought, well, what I wear is actually a statement about them, so it should bother me. So now I listen and, you know, they go, hey, that doesn't match or that looks bad or why don't you wear that with this or whatever, then I'll go, oh, okay, fair enough, because, you know, I, I, I want to think about them and what my appearance says uh, to the world about them. And, you know, that's why I've changed and why I listened and, um, you know, why I'm sort of trying to get my act together in, in, in that regard. So um, as, you know, just say when I go out uh, dressed in something that isn't really great, doesn't look good or whatever, that may convey something to others about um, the ladies of, of the house, uh, as in my wife and daughter and all of that. It sort of 
apparently conveys. Uh, this is a message to the guys that uh, either either we don't care or we aren't listening or all of the above, but not only that, that, um, you know, maybe if we're going out wearing stuff that really doesn't look good, then, you know, maybe the women in our lives don't care about us. And, and that's simply not true. And so what we wear says a lot about those that love us and that care about us because it's a bit of a reflection on them. And um, expanding that out, uh, what we actually wear spiritually is a massive uh, statement about uh, God, you know, uh, how well we know him and how well we value him and how well we love him because there's certain things that God does and doesn't want us to wear. And um, I'm probably going to jump around a bit uh, in terms of various scriptures and so forth. Um, so, yeah, apologies for that if what I'm going to cover off, off is a little bit uh, bit disjointed, uh, so to speak. Um, but I'll, um, I'll just try and uh, get into what's been rattling around my head in terms of being clothed with various garments and that sort of thing. So... Um, in terms of, yeah, what, what I said about it, what we wear is a uh, reflection on God. That's absolutely true. And uh, when you look at uh, the earliest part of scripture about clothing and so forth, there's um, a lot of commentary in uh, the uh, book of um, Exodus about priestly robes and the uh, detail and, and design and how um, you know detailed the the design of priestly robes were, and um, a large part of that, in terms of why God gave those instructions out to the leaders um, of that time, was um, He wanted people to to take time and notice uh, what was going on, but He wanted um, an air of holiness to be around. Uh, you know, when people put those things on, uh, an air of reverence and so forth. So, you know, God really does care about what we wear. And um, I'm, I'm just going to cover off uh, various aspects of clothing throughout Scripture. So a really early recount as well in terms of what someone was clothed in was uh, the story of Jacob and Esau and how... Uh, Rebecca got Jacob to deceive his father Isaac by putting it on a garment of skin uh, to make Isaac think that Jacob was Esau so Jacob could actually steal Esau's birthright and um, yeah uh, what was worn there had a had a major impact on on the course of history in the house of Israel and and Jacob and and so forth so yeah, clothing is really important. And then we go to the uh, mantle of um, Elijah, which represented his authority and the call of God and the purpose for which God called him. And, you know, later on in, in Scripture, we see how Elijah uh, was told by God to transfer his, mant uh, yeah, his mantle to Elisha. And so Elijah literally did that. He took off his mantle and put it onto, yeah, onto um, Elisha, and that signified the transfer of the call, purpose, and authority onto um, Elijah. And then we get further into Scripture and look at Daniel when he interpreted the king's dream. 
the king uh, clothed him in purple and could, uh, put a gold chain on him to wear. So that was a sign of favor and authority uh, by the king. Um, you know, so yeah, what what is worn is is very significant. Um, even Jesus in Matthew twenty five. Um, well, you know, he's the ultimate one that's saying this. Uh, I was naked and you clothed me. Um, you know, and, and that's a reference to someone being visited um, in prison. Uh, you know, when you read the rest of the story and uh, Jesus views what we do to others, uh, particularly fellow believers, as doing it to him. So, um, yeah, what is worn is is significant. And even in Mark 5, the uh, demoniac, uh, when he was delivered of the demons and clothed and in his right mind, it was obvious to all that something dramatic and amazing had just happened because this formerly naked guy who was screaming out in the graveyard, cutting himself with uh, stones, howling uh, because of his oppressed condition, um, throughout the night and throughout the day, um, you know, being clothed and in his right mind was a major statement of, of uh, the fact that God had, uh, had done something significant. Um, so in uh, Luke uh, 24, 49, uh, talks about how uh, we're clothed with God's power um, you know, so we've we've got God's power. Uh, we we can put it on. It, it, it literally covers us. Uh, so uh, we're also to be clothed with, um, uh, you know, the uh, uh, in, immortality and and um, eternal reference and and focus. Second um, Corinthians five two and Galatians three twenty seven. Uh, just says that when you're baptized into Christ, you're clothed with Christ and you take on his characteristics and values. So again, what we wear is extremely significant. And uh, <laughs> talking about fashion statements, uh, I've, I've got to laugh just thinking about John the Baptist and he was a uh, fashion statement, probably not in, in a good way because he was just uh, some guy that... Uh, you know, wore a garment of camel's hair and had a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and honey. And he was uh, probably like uh, maybe a bit smelly other than when he went and got in the Jordan baptizing or wherever he was doing it. And yeah, he would have he would have been a real fashion statement. And every <laughs> everyone uh, knew him and knew where he was. You know, the Pharisees sent messengers out to him to ask why he was baptizing and and so forth and you know uh, yeah every, everyone knew who he was and where he was and what he was doing and a large part of his ministry was well just uh, what he was actually wearing um, and that leads me back to Elijah when you look at second Kings 1 uh, King um, Ahaziah um, turned his back on God and sought an interpretation uh, from the God of Ekron. Uh, he sent out his servants to uh, go to the priest or whoever 
uh, you know, to get an interpretation of whether he would be made well or whether he would die as a result of falling through his lattice. Uh, you know, he was uh, confined to bed. And so he sent messages out, uh, yeah, messengers out to get an interpretation from the God of Ekron. But uh, God told Elijah to meet his servants on, on the way and um, to actually tell the servants to tell the king, well, hey, I mean, you know, is there no God in Israel? What are you inquiring of the God of Ekron for? Don't I exist? You know, this is what God's saying to him. And um, Elijah told the servants to tell him, well, seeing you've done this, seeing you've gone and sought out a pagan God for an interpretation when you should have inquired of the one true God about your condition, well, you know, this condition is going to kill you. You're not going to get out of your bed and you'll die there. And so Elijah told the servants to go back and tell the king that. And the the king knew something was up because the servants came back fairly soon after he sent them out. And he said, well, what are you doing back here? And they said, oh, some guy medicine told us to tell you what we've just told you. And the king said, what did this guy look like? And... Um, they described uh, the the appearance uh, to the king of the man and said, oh, you know, some hairy guy with a wide leather belt around his loins met us. And the king immediately recognized that man as um, as the uh, prophet, uh, uh, you know, uh, Elijah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it was obvious as, as soon as the servants mentioned uh, who they met the king immediately knew that it was him and um you know this is a bit of a flashback for the king to uh you know the yeah what um elijah did with ahab and jezebel um you know so um elijah was a <laughs> a real fashion statement too um who i i have no idea what he actually looked like other than what's described but uh, yeah, he he was a real piece of work uh, in a in a good way, in a in a godly way. But yeah, someone not to be messed with. And if you read uh, what happened after that incident, you'll you'll see why. Um, so yeah, uh, one other thing about uh, what we're clothed with. Uh, this is something that has huge significance. It was uh, Jesus and what he was clothed with. Um, after researching some of these scriptures, I didn't realize, and I don't know, maybe I'm slow or something, but I didn't, I didn't know, and maybe some of you didn't, uh, that the uh, tunic or robe that Jesus wore uh, was actually seamless, just like the curtain in the temple uh, that was uh, torn from the top to the bottom. That was also seamless, but also so was Jesus' uh, garment or undergarment, I think, or tunic. And um, what Jesus wore was so significant um, that there was even a prophecy about his clothing in Psalm 22, 18. Uh, you know, it basically specifically talks about uh, his clothes being divided um, as prized items. Um you know, and like further to what Jesus was wearing, the woman with the issue of blood knew that if she went up and touched the hem of his garment, then she would be healed. 
Um, and that's exactly what happened. And she had to exercise a lot of faith and get through the crowd, even though she was unclean. And so there, there's a whole different story in in that. And if you want to research the um, the Jewish uh, priestly robes and garments, um, there, there's a lot of symbolism in those garments um, and the tassels on the garments and, and things like that. Uh, they all have a lot of biblical meaning and significance. Uh, but, yeah, for the passage, well, for the sake of time, I'm not going to get in that uh, in, into that right now. But, um, yeah, in the chapters of the book of um, Ex- Ex- Exodus, uh, it, it's talking about uh, the detailed, uh, say, uh, design of the priestly garments and everything involved there and it's really interesting to read that and um, Isaiah fifty nine seventeen, it, it talks about how God puts on righteousness like a coat of armor and salvation like a, a, the, a helmet on his head and uh, vengeance for clothing and love as a cloak so these are the items that God himself has put on and um, Ephesians 6 talks about the helmet of salvation and breastplate of righteousness and other things that we're to be uh, clothed with and put on. Um, you know, so there's, there's lots of um, different meanings in terms of clothing, even the priestly garments of Exodus, um, you know, 28 and other earlier parts of, of that book. Uh, there's reference to breastplates and so forth and you know that carries over into the uh, Ephesians 6 you know so yeah the the Bible is very what would you say it's here a little there a little and you know you've you've really got to dig out the nuggets but they're, they're definitely there and this is what I love about scripture I mean I've been reading the 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 stuff for 40 years and I feel like I've only just started um you know, so it's the only book out there that you can read and you never fully understand it. And you might have found something one day and you put it down and pick it up the next day and something else jumps out at you. It's it's a book like no other book in in that uh, you, you can read a, a book that man writes and then you, you fully get the point and there's no extra uh, revelation getting unpacked in most uh, most cases. But with the word of God, I mean, these are valid historical documents. They're prophetic documents. Um, you know, it's it's just an amazing book. I mean, you know, there's statements from King David and from Job and, and others that existed thousands of years ago and yet their writings and thoughts are preserved in this uh in 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 this book you know and the very words of god uh that's what the word of god is and you know god breathed the universe in into existence and the word of god is just powerful you know it's sharper than a two-edged sword and it gets right down into the into the bones of the uh, yeah marrow for, for discernment and stuff like that there is literally no other book out there like it and it's it's just amazing and like i said or i may have referred to in the original episode um if you're not getting into the word of god and thinking about it meditating on it speaking it 
believing it, acting on it, all of that, then uh, you're going to be clothed with what God doesn't want you to be clothed with. You'll assume an identity that he did not want you to assume and you'll be thinking, speaking, acting, talking and living like someone in the world rather than what God wants you to be and do. And so we've got to intentionally, well, A, read the word and B, understand what God wants to clothe us with and then actively go about seeking to be clothed in the robes that God has for us, in in the garments God has set aside for us um, and not uh, not put on the garments of, of the world or leave them on by default through uh, laziness or anything else. You know, we're, uh, yeah, we, we don't want to go out into the world giving the wrong impression of what a believer is by being clothed with something God doesn't want us to wear. I, I actually think that is incredibly significant. Um, you know, but... Yeah, God literally wants to upgrade our wardrobe. He wants to throw the old stuff out uh, that defines who we are because the enemy will lie to us. The enemy wants us to assume an identity that he wants to give us, whereas Jesus went to the cross and shed his blood and he lives forevermore at the right hand of the Father, uh, just saying, screaming at us through the word, when are you guys going to put on what I want to clothe you with. It's it's time. It's time to throw the old wardrobe out and it's time to, uh, you know, be clothed in, in the new wardrobe that I've, I've uh, you know, set aside for you. I want you to, to be deliberate and intentional about going out into this world and living and being in in what I've set aside for you to wear. Um, I, I think it's massively significant. Um, yeah, so Psalm 35:26 talks about being clothed with shame and dishonor. Um, it's talking about enemies there. And those garments are not what God wants us to wear. Uh, you know, those are things that people that don't know God, that's what defines them. You know, uh, sin brings dishonor and shame. Uh, but we are, uh, well, since Christ paid our penalty at the cross, uh, we are no longer clothed with shame and dishonor. Um, we've traded our shame and dishonor for the joy of, of the Lord. You probably heard that song, uh, but unfortunately some of us, and I, I think we've all been there, we've uh, decided that we're not going to change our wardrobe and we're just going to go out and wear the, the same old stuff and, no wonder life doesn't work out effectively. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, so, yeah, it, it's important to be clothed with um, what God wants us to be clothed with, and he doesn't want us to be clothed with shame or dishonor. Um, you know, so that's what enemies are clothed with. So, um, yeah, God, in Isaiah 61 verse 10, it says, God clothes us with garments of salvation uh, he covers us with a robe of righteousness. And uh, Romans uh, 13.12 says, put on the armor, the full armor of light. And um, Ephesians 6 talks about the whole armor of God, putting that on as well. Um, 1 Corinthians 15.53, 
put on the imperishable and immortality. Uh, you know, so that's referring to our mindset to realize that we're strangers and, and pilgrims on this earth. And, uh, you know, this is not our final destination. Uh, God, uh, Jesus went and prepared a place for us. As he said, if it wasn't so, he would have told us, but he's gone to prepare a place for us. And that's why he sent the, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. And um, we're actually better off than we would have been if Jesus was here with us in, in the flesh, um, as crazy as that might sound, because, um, you know, with the Holy Spirit here, uh, not being able to see Jesus with our physical eyes, we've got to develop faith, um, you know, and the Holy Spirit is all about pointing to Jesus. Uh, the Old Testament pointed, pointed to Jesus as the coming Messiah and the New Testament is all about the fact that he came and what he did when he when he was here and what he's now doing at, at the right hand of, of the Father. Um, so yeah, all of this stuff is very significant. But um, first, uh, oh sorry, 2 Corinthians one twenty two, uh, God puts his seal on us and he gives us his spirit in our hearts as a pledge and as a security deposit to guarantee the fulfillment of, of his promise of eternal life. So if you've ever given a security deposit to someone for something, then you're always going to come back and collect that item because it's a valuable item to you and you want to get it back. And so you come back and you pay the security deposit and then you pay the rest of whatever it is and take uh, what you left there as a, as a deposit and pick up you know, what you'd actually paid for. Well, that's exactly what Jesus is going to do with us. Uh, he's given us the down payment of the Holy Spirit to guarantee that he is coming back and he will fulfill his promise to us and he will give us eternal life. Uh, he will give us a crown of righteousness. Um, so, yeah, we're to put on the new uh, nature of righteousness, Ephesians 4.24, Um so we, that is all about putting on the, the new self uh, in righteousness and holiness and truth. Um, and yeah, like we said, Ephesians 6, uh, all about putting on the full armor of God. Um, if you only have part of the armor, then um, you might as well have none. So you've got to have all of it to be effective with it. And yeah, that's another uh, another session right there. But I mean, if you're going to go into a battle, and we are in a battle uh, every single day, and the battle is for our mind, uh, but if you're not putting on every aspect of the armour of God, then you're going to get run over. You're going to get shot at with the fiery darts of the wicked one, and you're not going to have anything to deflect those darts, and they will get through the armour if you're not wearing the full uh, armour that Jesus has supplied, which is mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So... When you do have the full armour of God on, though, however, you can resist the enemy and stand your ground in the evil day. Well, pretty much every day that comes along right now is evil and it's not going to get any better. But Psalm, uh, Psalm 23, um, you know, we're, we're told that the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. He makes us to lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside the still waters. Um, you know, his rod and his staff, they comfort us. And uh, what I particularly love about 
Psalm 23 is it says that uh, we will have a table prepared for us in the presence of our enemies. So who who cares? I mean, it doesn't matter what the enemy's got or what he wants to bring against us or whatever, because we're more than conquerors in Christ. And God will prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. And um, we will literally be able to have a, a feast when the world possibly is turning to well, to marshal whatever whatever happens, um, we don't have to fear because God is a good provider. He will look after us. He will lead us into the good places and um, he'll provide for us. And it says at the end there, well, we'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But that dwelling starts here on earth right now. If, if you read the actual scripture, uh, we don't have to wait to get to heaven. Uh, to dwell with him we can do that right now um so yeah i i just i just love the word it's just amazing it's so significant and it is literally like drinking a medicine bottle and having it permeate to every single aspect of our lives right throughout our body throughout our mind throughout our spirit and romans uh 12 1 and 2 that's how our minds get transformed uh, by the uh, renewing of of the word, and if we're not, uh, you know, getting into the word, then we're not going to get any uh, renewal, and the enemy will try and give us a counterfeit of uh, of of that, which will not satisfy. Uh, you know, just like Jesus said to the woman at at the well uh, when he met her, and you know, she said to him, well, you know, you, you don't have anything to draw the water with. Where, how, how are you going to get any water? And he said, well, give, give me a drink. And she said, well, look, I mean, hate to break this to you, buddy, but um, you're, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan and don't you even know what your own laws say? I mean, this is, <laughs> this is realistically what she was saying to him, like going, why, why are you asking me for a drink? I mean, Jews don't even associate with Samaritans and we're viewed as unclean. So what are you, what are you asking me for a drink for? And he said, well, if you knew uh, who it is asking you for a drink, you would have given it to him. And yeah, then, then he got into further aspects about who he was, but um, yeah, quite an amazing story there. Uh, anyway, so um Colossians 3.12, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Um, see, if we're, if we're not doing that, then we're going to act like the world. We're not going to be kind. We're not going to be humble or gentle. We won't be patient and we won't have any compassion. Um, you know, so these qualities are qualities that come from being clothed with what God wants us to be clothed with. And if we're not clothed with what he wants us to be clothed with, the enemy is more than happy to give us rags, whereas we can wear royal robes. And I know what I'd rather wear. Um, definitely not anything the enemy's got. Um, sick of that stuff. I've done that too long um, as an unbeliever. And truth be known, in the early days as a believer as well. So, yeah, I, I encourage everyone listening to this um to go get yourself a new wardrobe. Uh, let, let Jesus be the one that decks you out. He'll, he'll take your shopping and he'll give you everything that he's, that he's got, uh, to, yeah, for you to put on and you'll come out of that place looking like a thousand bucks. 
or, or better, um, yeah, it, it will transform your life if you put on what Jesus, the Father and the Holy Spirit have set aside for you to be clothed with. And um, Revelation 3.18 talks about putting on uh, eye salve or eye ointment so that we may see spiritually. And that's realistically what being clothed with the Word of God uh, and everything in, in the Word will will actually do. We will have a brand new identity. We'll know who we are in Christ. We'll know how to live how to act, how to think, how to speak. Uh, we'll, we'll know who our God is. Uh, we'll be in deep relationship with him. And there is nothing the enemy can do about it. The enemy is a defeated foe. Jesus put him to an open shame at the cross and um, paraded him around as, as a defeated foe, uh, as the loser that he is. So my advice to, to anyone listening to this is... Um, you know, don't even bother about the enemy. He's he's just such a loser. Um, he's he's not worth giving the the time of day to. Focus on what the word says about you. Get your self esteem from the word, not from the internet or social uh, influences or anywhere else that the world gets their self-esteem from or definition of who they are, when you're clothed with what God wants you to put on, you will get your self-esteem from the throne room of heaven and you will know who you are and you'll live out who you are and you'll be a real weapon in the kingdom of God. I can guarantee you that. And Satan and his uh, enemies, like his uh, his cohorts, uh, they will quake in fear just at the sound of of your name. Uh, They won't mess with you. Uh, All they've got is smoke and mirrors and lies. And when they know that you know what they're doing or trying to do in your life, in your marriage, in your finances, in your work, in your whatever, um, they will run. They're they're all cowards and um, they will leave just at the sound of your name. You know, just like... Other aspects of scripture, you know, like uh, someone, I think the sons of Sceva, when they were trying to cast enemies out using the name of Jesus, uh, the demons spoke to them and said, well, Paul we know and whoever such and such we know, but we don't know who you are. And then they got attacked and uh, they actually lost their, their clothing and got driven out naked. So that's what happens to people that aren't clothed properly. Uh, they end up losing what they've already got. And that's also scriptural. Um, So that's sort of all I wanted to cover off today. I I hope it's been valuable. Um, Hope it's been worthwhile. But, you know, I'm no different to you. I I just studied the word and I got this out of the word. And the word is amazing. Um, It's the source of everything you need. Um, it's a source of God speaking to you and telling you what he wants to clothe you in and a whole heap of other good things. So whatever you do, get stuck into the word and know who you are in Christ. And so um, thanks for your time. Thanks for listening and taking time out. But uh, I encourage everyone listening to this to be a cross trainer, to put in the time and the effort to train in the way of the cross and to know who you are, and to get your identity from the Word of God, from the Holy Spirit, from God the Father, from Jesus, because 
they care for you. Jesus went and sacrificed himself and gave up his life, shed his blood so that so that you could be free, you and I could be free. I, I think that is amazing, it's significant, it's life-changing, and it should be the compelling reason to wake us up out of our slumber and to go and do something positive for the kingdom, um, you know, to, to see the kingdom advance and to pull down strongholds and to run the enemy over. So be blessed, everyone. I look forward to talking to you next week. If you want to reach out, uh, my email is uh, crosstrainers at outlook.com. So that's crosstrainers at... Oh, sorry. What I'm, <laughs> let, let me let me recap that. It's, it's a new email. So crosstrainersonline at outlook.com. Sorry about that. So crosstrainersonline at outlook.com. So... Enjoy your week, be strong in God, be clothed in what God wants you to be clothed in, and um, I look forward to talking to you next time. Be blessed. Bye.